Welcome to the Code Youngstown podcast. Uh, this is our inaugural episode. Uh, my name is Neil Primer, one of your hosts, and I'd like to also introduce Joe Dunko. Thank you so much for having me, Neil. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, Joe and I are going to be our the primary co-hosts for the at least beginning run of this podcast. Uh, as time goes on, we will introduce and interview other guests, but for this inaugural episode, we're going to interview each other so that you can learn more about us and uh, have more context about what we have to say going forward. All right, so to start, let's begin with talking about, uh, Joe, tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, what your background in Youngstown has been. Okay. Um, well, I've grown up in Youngstown, well, suburbs of Youngstown. Uh, right now, I live in Austintown. I grew up in Camfield. Um, I've been doing tech since about like the sixth grade when I got uh, really into gaming on computers. And so I decided to start like a, a gaming clan, which involved making a website and then I got into the whole website thing um, and then decided instead of, in high school, I decided instead of getting a real job, I'd work on websites in people's computers. So throughout high school, I did that, taught myself JavaScript, um, went to Youngstown State, um, worked there for a couple years as one of their developers, started, um, excuse me, I, at the time, I worked on HackYSU for three years. I got really into hackathons, went to over 20 of them while I was in college, um, got a job at Drund in Boardman, worked there for a couple years, uh, ended up leaving and starting my own company um, with a couple friends, one from college and one from uh, middle school. And that's currently where I'm at right now is we're doing contracting and working on a couple small uh, projects as well. So that was a lot of time in a very short amount of time. Uh, so when you went to YSU, did you major in computer science, CIS, some other program? Uh, I did the CIS program. And my thought was that I knew I wanted to start my own company. And CIS gives you um, the minor in business almost for free. So I did that. It gave me more flexibility so I could take the classes I wanted. I got to avoid doing the math classes because I kind of lost my, uh, my touch at calculus. Um, and then... I took an, a couple entrepreneurship courses there and got my minor in entrepreneurship. So CIS uh, major, entrepreneurship minor. Okay. Uh, and what are some of the things you're working on now in your uh, the company you started? Wow, we're doing a lot of different things. Um, well, the big thing right now is that we're sunsetting our, our first product. Uh, it was called Evit. Um, a, it was a marketing automation software for events for nonprofits. So very specific niche. And it was really cool. It allowed nonprofits to uh, co-promote events alongside each other because a lot of them work together. And I'd like to think that we built a pretty cool community of almost 100 nonprofits in Northeast Ohio. But it just ended up being unsustainable Um we we couldn't convert at the rate we needed to 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 make the business profitable 
Um, so we started working on another tool called Share Securely, which is a password and file sending software uh, with end-to-end -end encryption, or rather we're working on the end-to-end -end encryption right now. It's right now master key encrypted in, in the cloud, um, still pretty secure. Um, and then besides doing those two things, we're working on a bunch of different contracts for mostly MVPs for other startups in the um, Youngstown, Akron, and Cleveland areas. Okay. Um, so what are, what are some of the things you see yourselves doing over the next uh, six months or, uh, or a year? Six months is it, kind of hard to talk about that right now because we're at this real weird transition phase when we were working on uh, Evit for about a year and a half. Then we started working on Share Securely about almost six months ago, but that was like very part-time because we started doing the contract work then. Um, so we're kind of at this phase of um, whether or not we want to keep doing contracting, if so, what do we need to do to make that like a real full-time thing? Because of, of the team of three, we're all doing contracting full-time right now. We're trying to figure out the best way to make that sustainable. Um, and right now it's like borderline sustainable. So like we're making just enough money, um, which is good, but we, um, if we're going to take the contracting route seriously, we're going to have to double down and focus on it. So I, I don't really know what the six, next six months hold, but I do know that we'll either be working on another product or we'll be um, double downing on, or doubling down rather, on contract work. Or we might find that contract work isn't the, the best fit. Um, so we're kind of at the tri this transition phase. Okay. I mean, it sounds like you guys have a, a pretty steady future ahead of you right now with the amount of contract work you are handling. Um, pulling back a little bit from your startup onto you as a person, uh, what is it that made you decide to stay in the Youngstown area after you graduated school instead of going off to one of the major metros like New York or San Francisco? So like a lot of people who are in Youngstown, um, family problems, or I wouldn't call them problems, but family things kept me uh, in Youngstown. I need to be close to my family. I, I actually didn't even think that I was going to go to YSU at the time um, when, when I was about to graduate high school. But because of some stuff that, that happened, I ended up staying around. Um, and I'm actually pretty thankful for that because I actually uh, was able to work while going to college. Um, between the scholarships that I got and the the work that I, I was given and the work that I, I put in, I was able to graduate with no debt, which is awesome. And I've heard that story from a lot of different people who've gone to YSU and not a lot of people who have not gone to YSU. Um, so that's really, um, I'm really thankful for that. And that's kind of what has kept me in the area all this time is I've kind of made those connections during college, um, doing Code Youngstown, doing Penguin Hackers and, and other things at YSU, where I've been able to make uh, living in Youngstown pretty sustainable. Um, so that isn't to say I, I might not end up somewhere else. I, I always wanted to live in a city for at least a couple years, like a, a big metro area, but um, I'm making it work in Youngstown and I'm really thankful for the opportunities it's given me. 
I mean, it sounds like you have a, a lot of love for Youngstown still, uh, having grown up here. What What are some of your favorite parts of the area? Hmm. So recently, we've started. I've found myself like a lot at a lot of different bars. Um, maybe not so much super recently, but within the last like three years. So if Susie's opening up both downtown and in Boardman, um, Cedars West End. Um, where else have we ended up? I, I always end up in, on like Federal Street and there's a lot of different bars down there and there's a lot of different um, music things going on. Uh, I found out about the Wakeyards the other other week, which is an old funeral home, like right across the bridge from Michelle Hall um, that they turned into a music venue. So I guess that's kind of the one of the big things I've been doing around here recently is just going to different concerts. And I've been traveling up to Cleveland for concerts, like at Mahal's and Pittsburgh for concerts at like collisions and some smaller places, but which is nice because it's an hour and a half ish away each, but for the most part, it's, Oh, and then West side bull of course has been hosting a lot of different events recently. So, and that's only been within like the last year. Um, a lot of concerts, a lot of bars, um, a lot of culture, I guess, is is what's keeping me in Youngstown right now. Yeah, yeah, I would I would say a lot of the culture in Youngstown does seem to revolve around performing arts in some ways. Like, there's a lot of local, uh, a lot of local music acts. Um, I mean, there's a lot of venues. There's a lot of uh, a lot of small theaters as well doing their own performance uh, of one sort or another. Um, All right. Uh, I didn't have any other questions to ask you. Uh, did you have anything you wanted to promote besides your startup, which you already discussed, and Code Youngstown itself? Um, not in particular. The the If you're looking for someone to make a web app, my team does have some availability still, so definitely hit me up. Joe at eventdiscovery.company, not .com, .company, because... I'm a fan of those new age TLDs and no one else is apparently. Um, I get into arguments with my team about that all the time. Uh, and Code Youngstown, uh, which is like 200, almost 200 people now. I think a little bit more than 200 people are in the Slack. So um, those are kind of the two things that I've been kind of shilling lately. Okay. Uh, and then does the event discovery company have any social media presence, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram? Yeah. Um, Facebook, Twitter, event, uh, Twitter is event underscore discovery. Facebook is the event discovery company. Um, if you add the V to the front, you'll find us pretty much everywhere. The event discovery company. Um, we, we don't update those often, but you can, get an idea of of what we've been up to from those all right well thank you for uh going through this cool um so i'm not good at this announcer thing so i'm just gonna dive right in um neil what is your background in tech slash youngstown or tech in youngstown 
Right. Well, I grew up in Cortland, uh, which is where I live currently. Um, from about the time I was eight years old or so, I graduated from Lakeview High School, went to Kent State for a couple of years before I actually ended up dropping out of the computer science program there and started working on my own. Um, I also did a lot of the like family and friends of family tech support and doing web pages during high school as well. Uh, the thing that actually really got me into coding as, uh, as even being something I was aware of is uh, video games in like middle school, early high school. Um, I, the first video game I actually modified was the, uh, the sequel to Dark Forces Jedi Knight had uh, a lot of C files on the system that you could just go in and change and it changed the behavior of the game in both your single player game, but also multiplayer. So being able to go in and make changes to all your local files on multiplayer and just have it affect the other players was something I actually found really amusing and fun to do. Um, you know, one, once I started learning how all that stuff worked, I really had decided then that that was like, I wanted to go into computer science. I wanted to become a game developer um, and that's not quite the way my, my path went, but I did go to Kent for a, about two and a half years before I ended up dropping out. Um, it took me a while to actually end up landing my first real role in tech. I dropped out in 2007 for good. Uh, and then it was 2009 before I got my first real role, which was at a company called Hands-On Service Support, who had a uh, office in Campfield. Um, I worked there for a couple of years and then ended up moving on to another role with uh, HostGator in Houston. So I lived in Houston for three years after that. Uh, and then finally, I ended up landing a role with a game company in San Francisco. So I ended up spending some time out there. Uh, moved on from the game company, which was Gree International, uh, to a company I worked for for almost four years called Pick System, which was a uh, sort of like sort of like Dropbox for the film and television industry, like a secure storage platform for large video files and audio and, and things of that nature so that you know movies and TV studios can really collaborate with uh, on-set versus office employees easily. Uh, moving on from that, just a few months ago, I think uh, three months as of this week, uh, I started with Granular, which is a company who is focused on helping farmers and other agricultural technology companies uh, really make the most impact without increasing their contribution to like uh, environmental impact, pollution, those sorts of things, uh, really helping to increase farm yields and help with food supply problems in, in ways that don't end up kind of shooting everyone in the foot in the process. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's about it for my summary. Awesome. Um, so you mentioned that you were, you went to Houston, you were in San Francisco for a while. Um, 
what made you come back to Youngstown or the Youngstown area rather? Um, so not long after I moved from Houston, my mom actually ended up having some health issues and she moved back here as well. Um, she did get over that pretty quickly, like within a year. Uh, but then, uh, it kind of came back up again and the time it seemed pretty serious at the time, which was when I, uh, inquired with my employer at the time whether I'd be able to go t full-time remote and take care of family things. And they were really, really good about it and let me uh, move on to working full-time remote. Uh, thankfully, it did work out really well. Uh, it wasn't a mistake for them or for me. Um, and I was able to come back with my family and have them really be a part of my mom's life and have her be a part of their lives. Uh, she actually did end up kicking the uh, the health problems she had ongoing, so that actually worked out really well as well. Um, and then since then, I've just kind of stayed here because, you know, I, I grew up here and there's a huge factor of, you know, the, the Youngstown area, or at least like not being in a large metro area, you get a lot of the sense of community closeness and history in community that you don't really get in a larger metro area unless you're like multi-generational there. Um, you know, like Youngstown and the Mahoning Valley as a whole have, they're kind of frozen in time in a good way. Like it still feels like, you know, 20, 30 years ago where it's, uh, most of the areas still feel really safe. Most of the areas still feel like you can get to know your neighbors. Like there's actually youth sports in all the schools and things like that, where you don't really get that as much in those larger metro areas. Yeah, um, because I've never like left the Mahoning Valley. I kind of just took uh, intramural sports, like sports teams. Um, I'm I'm focusing on sports right now, but like clubs, having I guess space and, and those kind of events happening at each individual school for each like just kind of how the school systems were set up is kind of standardized here here in the suburbs of Youngstown and I guess I've kind of taken that system for granted um how how would you compare and contrast like those like just kind of the setup of this the the city and the um, not necessarily just the sports, but is there any like stark contrasts between like city school districts and like Youngstown area school districts that made you feel like being in Youngstown was the right place to like raise a family? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, first of all, like the the cost of living differences and commute time differences here are just worlds different for when you have a family. Um, you know, when, when I was living in outside of San Francisco, I had like a 90 minute commute each way. Uh, and that cost like 20, $30 each day as well. Um, in order to get on the train in time to actually, uh, be able to get a parking spot, I had to leave the house before like six 30 every morning. Uh, I wasn't getting home till seven or seven 30 every night. Um, so that aspect of life here compared to there. I mean, even if I had a half hour commute from Cortland down to Youngstown every day, that's a third of what I had living in San Francisco, half of what I had living in Houston. 
Um, so that's that's a probably the biggest single impact that living in Youngstown again has had on my family. Um, from the school district specific side of things, you know, the size of the schools here is just so much smaller. Um, and I know being in Portland, that's going to be different than someone who's in like a Warren or Youngstown City school compared to a, suburb, a suburban school like ours. Um, but even then, like there, there were no real youth sports that were put on by, by the school district or the parents in the school district. Uh, when we were in California, it was more regional area sports. So you could have like two or three different school districts feeding into the same sports team. And it would be like a somewhat smaller internal league. A lot of the younger stuff for like elementary school kids was aimed more at like learning the basics and lessons rather than it being actually a team sport. So that, those are some of the bigger differences uh, with like the intramural stuff. And then, you know, it's just the community here because of how much smaller the school districts are and how more closer knit everything is here. You have, you actually have like a relationship with your neighbors and the people around you. People you, uh, your kids go to school with their kids. You get to know the people who are in your area so just all of these things really contribute to actually having a sense of community uh, while living here that's really interesting um, especially because as, as again as someone who's never lived outside the Youngstown area um, when I, I envision like maybe it's more because I've been to Pittsburgh and Cleveland a lot more than I've been to like, I've been to San Francisco once New York city, a couple of times, those kind of things, um, that, that kind of frequency, I, I guess I envision like, because there's just more people, there's closer communities. And, uh, from your observation, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, it's definitely, I, I see that in Cleveland, Pittsburgh area for sure. Um, I've even seen it a little bit in Houston, but not nearly to the extent as as this area. Um, and I never really felt that at all when I was in California. I think partially because, you know, most of the people in and around San Francisco spend so much time commuting that there is no time to have a community. That that makes a lot of sense, especially because you're you're so I how far away was your work from from home, like in terms of mileage, if you have any idea? Uh, I know by by road, it was like 40 miles. Okay. By like lateral actual overland distance as the bird flies, it was probably like 25 or 30. Gotcha. So it wasn't super close, but it also wasn't, it wasn't 90 minutes, you know, going 80 on the highway away. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, um, it was 90 minutes of sitting on a train that was stopping every, you know, five or 10 minutes. I honestly couldn't even imagine like, um, growing up, my father had a 45 minute commute to, to Akron. And I told myself growing up, I would never do that. That's just too much driving. And I was talking to my friend, uh, Chris, one of my co-founders who commutes or commuted for, about six months to Pittsburgh when he first started working there 
a couple of years back. Um, and that commute took so much out of him. And I couldn't imagine like the mental tool it takes on people in San Francisco to have a 90 minute commute, have to pay like $25 a day for that commute, leave super early, come home pretty late. Like I imagine that's just, um, exhausting. Uh, and I imagine, like you said, the impact on your family, uh, and having like a family life is also exhausting. Yeah. And, and really the biggest part of what made that commute so bad is, um, you know, we needed to be in a place where we could have enough space for having three kids with, so that took us naturally further out from the city because, uh, a three bedroom apartment inside of San Francisco proper is at the time was 4,500 to $5,000 a month. Um, it's, it's closer to six to six and a half now, even with my commute, the air, the price rent prices in the area I was at, were still over 2,500 a month for a three bedroom. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if, if you're young, single, don't have any kids working in, in the tech industry, uh, you can get away with a studio apartment inside of San Francisco with like a 10 or 15 block walking commute for, you know, $2,000 a month, which at the salaries they're paying out there isn't that big of a difference compared to paying five or 600 here. It's mm-hmm. just that, you know, when you have a family, you've got to be further out, the schools are better further out, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Um, you mentioned you now work remote, and remote is a big topic in Code Youngstown, um, partially because uh, one of the co-founders of Code Youngstown, Nick Sarah, he works remote, so he's a big advocate for it, and partially because there's a lot of people as that are part of Code Youngstown, like yourself, Neil, who have come back to Youngstown um, because they were able to work remote. Um, could you talk a little bit more about, um, how remote, I guess, partially how it, it could have impacted your, your time in San Francisco and then partly how it has impacted your time in Youngstown. Yeah. Um, I mean, so when I was working in San Francisco, uh, and lived in the area, I still was able to work from home usually once to twice a week, uh, as long as I didn't have any necessary meetings in the office. So even then I was working remote part-time. And, you know, one of the biggest things that you give up when you're working remote is a real sense of closeness with the people you work with day to day. Um, You know, like that sense of community we were talking about before, you, you get that when you're in that sort of mindset and area because of the people you work with, like the, the people you work with become your community mm-hmm. in a much deeper way than you would otherwise think. Um, from from the aspect of like the actual work itself, I definitely noticed that I get a lot more time and a lot more productivity done in heads down work being full-time remote. Like the time I spend working on code is significantly more productive for uh, for a given time in day than it was when I was working in an office. 
Um, part of that's just the distractions of the open open office environment not being a thing. Like I don't have people walking up to my desk and making conversation five or six times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other aspect of it is because I don't have to be in an office at a given time when everyone else might happen to be more productive, I'm able to work more at the times where I'm productive and not going to be distracted by things. Um, it's not uncommon for me to hop on for like half an hour or 45 minutes at five or six in the morning just because I'm up and have like something I want to get done real quick. Whereas if I tried to force that into a time that was more quote natural for the group as a whole, like, you know, eight thirty or nine, I might not be as productive because of things I've got going on otherwise. So being able to focus my working hours around when I'm most productive is one of the biggest positive aspects of working remote. That makes a lot of sense. Does your your company have anything like core hours or um, any other kind of limitations like time zones where you have to be online for a certain amount of time? Um, Those kind of more structured things? No, for us really, it's more about just making sure we're available as needed for meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, my company's, well, at least my team's based out of the central time zone. So even though we have people in every other U.S. time zone, we we can still agree on having like a shared set of hours during the day where we schedule meetings so that it's before 5 o'clock Eastern time and after like 9 a.m. Pacific time. Mm-hmm. So that it falls within what would normally be considered a working day for any any office. Um, I mean, other than that, we don't really require people to work like a specific set of hours. They just need to be able to make meetings and get their get their stuff done. Gotcha. Um, and I I could concur. That's kind of the event discovery company is technically a a uh, remote company, and we kind of do something similar where um, as long as you're you have vague availability during the day uh, for meetings. Um, you're, you're pretty free to work when, when you want, as long as like you get what you need to done. Is there anything you wanted to, to kind of push or, or talk about, um, today that like may or may not be like Youngstown or code Youngstown, uh, related? Um, not, nothing in particular. No. Um, you know, just getting this podcast out there and getting, you know, one more avenue for people to really find the Code Youngstown community uh, is super important. I, I would say that, uh, you know, just getting more people in that community and getting more people involved uh, is going to help all of us. Um, I've definitely seen how a lot of people inside the group are a resource for one another. Um, I, I'm glad that you've, you've seen that and that you have felt that that is something that like Nick and I have been working really hard to achieve, uh, through code Youngstown. And sometimes it feels like it's working and, and other times it feels like it, it isn't. Um, I think that's like the nature with, with building communities is sometimes it's growing and other times it's, you know, not hibernating. Um, if you were one of the main uh, factors uh, in getting this podcast off the ground, can you talk a little bit about like why 
um, you thought a podcast was something that Code Youngstown should do and what you're hoping to see, um, like, like what are, are the goals of the podcast um, itself? And then what are the, like any externalities that you're hoping for by having the podcast? Um, really the biggest thing for me is I've seen in myself how I like podcasts can drive discovery of, of new communities and new things that someone might be interested in. I mean, most of the technology and most of the tooling I've used, I've either learned more about through a podcast or found out about through a podcast. Um, so being able to take local people, local companies, and both cross-promote those companies to people locally, cross-promote those potential employees to potential employers locally, um, being able to surface those two, uh, two groups to each other, as well as being able to hopefully find some sort of technology we can help expose people to or teach people about as time goes on. I, I just think that's something really important to give to people. Um, so I think that covers everything that I had on my list, Neil. Um, is there anything you want to talk about before we shut it down? Uh, no, I think I am good. Awesome. Um, thanks so much for listening to the Code Youngstown podcast. Uh, our goal is to connect software engineers, developers, and coders in the Youngstown area. If you like what you've heard, Join the ongoing chat on our Slack and attend our meetups, uh, which you can find links to at codeyoungstown.com. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, everybody.